Depending on where you live, the name Racks might not mean much to you, but they were actually a significant player in the fast food game during the 80s. Racks was a Midwestern restaurant chain. They started with roast beef sandwiches, but then offered a wide variety of foods and interior changes that led to a lack of focus and bankruptcy by the 1990s. Their all things to all people approach wasn't a bad idea. So what happened? Were they trying to be a fast food restaurant for adults? Was excluding certain customers the right approach? And what about Mr. Delicious, possibly the weirdest character mascot spokesperson you'll ever see? This is the story of Rax, a fast food restaurant that may have been ahead of its time. where I live, but I vaguely remember seeing commercials through various American channels. But even as a young kid, I didn't know precisely what this restaurant was. It had roast beef sandwiches, but was it an Arby's? Then there were other items such as baked potatoes, a pasta and salad bar, and even pizza. In the 1980s, was Rax trying to be all things to all people? In the food world, that's never a good way to go, but I do see the mindset behind it. You won't be able to compete with the big boys, so maybe you can create your own niche and develop your own customer base if you take a little bit from each of them. In the 80s, the fast food landscape wasn't as vast as it is now, and each company was known for their one specific item. McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King were obviously burger places. KFC was the go-to spot for chicken, and Taco Bell and Pizza Hut were also obvious. But to look at this whole pretty crazy story of this adult fast food chain, we need to look at the history of Racks. The origins of Rack's fast food go all the way back to the 1960s, but back then it was known as Jack's Roast Beef. Jack Roshman started the company in Springfield, Ohio. Roshman didn't begin in fast food, but saw what a good business it was. He even tried to convince Ray Kroc to sell him the rights to McDonald's for the entire state of Ohio. Before Jack's, Roshman was involved with the creation of the Burger Chef chain. This is another fast food franchise you may have never heard of, but there was a lot of hope for it to become the next McDonald's. The two companies were actually neck and neck until the 1970s when McDonald's franchises began to outnumber them. If you're a fan of Mad Men, you may remember the big focus on the Burger Chef ad campaign in season 7. This was a real thing. While working on Burger Chef, Roshman still had time to start his own franchise, Jack's Roast Beef Sandwich. In 1969, the summer of love, General Foods eventually stepped in and bought both Burger Chef and Jack's, which they changed to Rick's, R-I-X, Roast Beef Sandwich. There weren't many Rick's restaurants, but a company called the Restaurant Administration Corporation, or RAC, then bought them. They returned to the name Jack's, but then decided the name Rax, R-A-X, was not only better for trademarking and advertising, but had a connection to their company's name. The first official Rax opened in Columbus, Ohio. Now, going into the 1980s, coming out of the late 70s, the goal was to focus on just the roast beef sandwiches. This is their bread and butter. And the company began to franchise. 
by 1982, there were 225 locations. Instead of boring burgers or skimpy salads, a lot of people would rather racks. I'd rather racks. At racks, you get a big bun full of beef. I'd rather racks. A salad you create yourself. I'd rather racks. And a delightful dining room to enjoy it all in. I'd rather racks. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Racks Roast Beef Restaurants. By 1984, they opened their 300th restaurant. Roast beef, as I mentioned, was obviously at the core of Rack since way back in 1967, but going into the 80s, they wanted to add in a few more items. In 1981, they brought in baked potatoes and then their first salad bars. In 1984, they took things up another notch. The company peaked in the mid-80s with over 500 locations in 38 different states. But this is when the company started to take on too much. A multitude of new food options were added and the company wanted to make aesthetic changes to stand out from the rest of the fast food landscape. When you walk into a Rack's restaurant, you're going to be pleased. She's not easy to please. What a place so warm and how. I like it. What a taste so fresh so wow. What do you think? I've got the Rack's. Big sandwiches, the endless salad bar, untoppable potatoes. There's no you like it? I really like it. I knew she would. I'd rather Racks. Wouldn't you? Racks wanted to be the option for going out for fast food, but when you wanted a better dining experience than just the Golden Arches, and this was their new goal, they wanted to create the champagne of fast food restaurants. Racks would be the place for when Burger King or McDonald's felt beneath you. Their goal was to be the option for when you didn't want to make reservations at a real and more expensive place. As Racks was beginning to peak in the 80s, they made this new champagne of fast food their new direction and their priority. The dining rooms would be given the biggest overhaul. They wanted to make it seem as if you were in a Michelin star restaurant even though you were eating at an endless dessert bar. They transformed the dining rooms from cafeteria style, like the other guys were doing, and they added in features like live plants and solariums. They brought in many wood elements and brass to give racks a more upscale and refined look. Of course, this would look dated now, but at the time, this was contemporary design. This was what was meant by trying to become the champagne of restaurants. But this can be a problem in the fast food world. Let's be honest, we know why we go to a fast food restaurant and what to expect. You get in, you wolf it down, and you get out. Sure, it's not the greatest food, but it serves its purpose. If you only have 30 minutes for lunch, fast food makes a great option. Fast food has always appealed to working class and students who don't maybe have a lot of time or money to spare. By making these upscale changes, Rax was driving away that core customer base. But this all seemed to be intentional. Did they want to appeal to a new crowd which seemed to be more sophisticated adults? We're going to see in a minute that they wanted to be fast food for adults, but sophisticated adults may not have exactly been their key target demo. I think Racks knew they would not outdo the big boys at their own game, so they would change the game. If you knew you could get the same quality food at the same price as McDonald's, wouldn't you at least choose the place that had the nicer setting? I'm not sure if interior design is a big deal for people getting a hungover breakfast, but they needed to do something to stand out. 
So here's the thing, was Rax actually onto something? If you've ever watched a Food Network show or any of those restaurant makeover type programs or Kitchen Nightmares or Gordon Ramsay, you know that a restaurant that tries to cater to everyone rarely works. Having endless varieties of food seems like a good way to bring in everyone, but often backfires. You're much better off doing just a handful of items and doing them really well. When you see page after page of unconnected food options, there's little chance they do all of them well. Over the years, you can see how Rax did try this little bit of everything and was never able to find its identity. When it came to fast food, you want to be the go-to place for a specific item, like they had been with their roast beef. I think the problem is they didn't want to look like they were another Arby's, which was becoming more and more popular. So this is when they started to switch it up and started adding in this multitude of different food options. Here's some of the food varieties sold at Racks through the 1980s. Besides the roast beef, you had the baked potatoes. Then they started doing pizza. You already had the salad bar, and then there was the pasta bar. Then they started doing tacos, then Chinese food. Then there was the dessert bars. They started adding in tortilla bowls, and then they decided they wanted to get into the chicken sandwich game. You may recognize some of these items from other fast food restaurants, specifically Wendy's. It looks like Wendy's recognized that some of these could be a good idea and adopted them, specifically the baked potatoes and salads. These items can actually work well with hamburgers and fries, but instead of a money-losing salad bar, Wendy's created specialty salads. They didn't cost a lot to make, but had a huge markup. You may also recognize some of the other features and associate them with Pizza Hut, specifically the pizza buffets, along with the dessert and pasta bars, but Rax did it first. Restaurants like Wendy's also use some of Rax's other ideas and techniques, such as more upscale dining rooms, but they improved on those ideas. We have seen some of the innovations Rax made in other restaurants, including McDonald's. Over the years, they have added in specialty items, including salads, and they eventually would change their decor to give it a more premium feel. It looks as if these other companies saw promise in the ideas used by Racks, but knew to limit how many of them were used and then refine them as much as possible. These changes, though, were costing Racks a ton of money, specifically the all-you-can-eat salad and pasta bars. By 1988, these two things had significantly cut into their profits. It's amazing to think that something as simple as salads could be that detrimental to the bottom line, but they were starting to lose money hand over fist. The company was in dire straits. Was there anything they could do to salvage the restaurant and take it to the next level? Enter Mr. Delicious. Hello, I'm Mr. Delicious, the new spokesman for Rax Restaurants. My job? to encourage you to enjoy tasty, affordable meals in a more mature dining environment. I know what you're thinking. He's a cartoon. And cartoons are mostly for people who wet their pants. But not Mr. D. He's a special cartoon for adults. And Mr. Delicious always carries this briefcase. Contents? Watch for me and visit Racks. Dickety-dee. There have been many bizarre characters and mascots and spokespersons for companies over the years. The Michelin Man, Joe Camel, Toucan Sam, Captain Crunch, even that creepy Six Flags guy who's technically named Mr. Six. You can add Mr. Delicious to the top of that list. If you've never heard of this before, this is a very real thing. 
I can't decide if this was a massive misfire, brilliant, ahead of its time, or all of these combined. As Rax was facing troubles in the 1980s, a last-ditch effort was made to take the company in a new direction going into the 90s and possibly cause a splash by introducing this new and unorthodox company character. He was created by advertising agency Dutch Inc. and would be called Mr. Delicious. If you're coming up with a character named Mr. Delicious for a fast food company, it's easy to imagine some sort of sentient food item such as Mayor McCheese, the McNugget Buddies, or even the Hamburglar. Mr. Delicious was a middle-aged, divorced, balding, depressed, witty, but somewhat disturbing cartoon spokesperson. You're going to have to look this up if you hadn't heard this before and check out the YouTube videos. But he reminds me of a King of the Hill or Beavis and Butthead character. He was drawn in simple form and in black and white as a way to stand out from all the colorful in-your-face cartoon mascots that you were seeing everywhere else. There is a real semblance here to another classic 80s character, Leisure Suit Larry, and I've done a whole show on that iconic video game if you want to go back and check it out. In this case, however, Mr. Delicious is more aware of his shortcomings, where Leisure Suit Larry is a little in denial of his state in the world. So Mr. Delicious is so aware of these things, he even sees a therapist, which he shares with us in the commercials. This was all combined with the new Racks tagline, Racks, you can eat here. You can't beat that simplicity. It's almost as direct as ocean breeze soap will get you clean. Since Racks was going for an adult fast food place, the company wanted to go with an adult character to represent them. Mr. Delicious made his debut in August of 1992. This was even announced in the New York Times. But was Mr. Delicious himself their target audience? Who was this character going to appeal to? He seemed like a down-on-his-luck, somewhat depressed, middle-aged sad sack. The more I've watched all this, the more I've realized he's 100% Al Bundy. Or maybe he's Matt Foley. Or he's both. I don't think I've totally decided. And I'm not sure the company did either. But pretty clearly, Mr. Delicious was meant to appeal to adults. They even mentioned this in the New York Times press release. The announcement of the character was to introduce, quote, a humorous ad campaign meant to establish racks as fast food for adults, unquote. Mr. Delicious used some risque speech in his commercials, which included references to his possible vasectomy. Well, hello, Mr. D again. Our subject... Value Express combos at the Racks drive-thru. These tasty delights are priced in low, even dollar amounts. So there's no change. That's just grand. Because Mr. Delicious just had some rather delicate surgery. If there's no change, he doesn't have to squirm so much to put it back in his pocket, now does he? He just grabs his combo and drives ever so slowly over the speed bump. Tickety-D. Mr. Delicious is also a degenerate gambler, and there's the possibility he took a trip to Bora Bora with some, uh, let's call them ladies of the night. I think this was between his marriages. Speaking of that, he trash talks his ex-wife and his current one. Keep in mind, this is a promotional cartoon spokesperson for a national fast food chain. 
The more I watch Mr. Delicious, the more insane it seems. I still can't figure out if this was a complete Hail Mary or absolute marketing genius that was just a bit ahead of its time. If Mr. Delicious represented their target customer, what does this say about the company? And what would those target customers think when they saw themselves represented in cartoon form? I'm picturing Millhouse's dad, Kirk, as this target audience. Was using Mr. Delicious a way to make the company seem more PG-13 so younger people would think it was off limits and naturally want to go? Was this move to adult fast food a way to let older people know they wouldn't have to deal with families, screaming kids, or punk teenagers? The whole Mr. Delicious thing and the overly simplified you can eat here tagline has the feelings of self-aware parody, and I think this was lost on audiences in the early 90s. I think this approach would be much more effective today. Back then, I think you were just better off going with the cookie cutter, colorful, and cartoon spokesperson approach. But again, give them credit for thinking way outside the box. They even doubled down on Mr. Delicious as the advertising company put together a real-life 15-minute promotional video that spoke of the success of Mr. Delicious. And they even talk about him like he's a real person. They talk about how effective the character was and how the common person can relate to him. It was thought they created this video for franchise owners who were no doubt beside themselves that Mr. Delicious was now going to represent their company and their investment. They didn't have any say in this and they could not have been happy. They were told that Mr. Delicious was going to go down as one of the classic characters in advertising history. Was this promotional video a way to ease their fears? You just have to watch it to see what you think and make of it. Is it 100% serious? Is it parody or done tongue-in-cheek? Again, I'm still not even sure, and I've watched this thing twice. You can check out the whole thing on YouTube. If this was their last-ditch attempt to keep racks in the mix, they at least went down swinging. The campaign maybe needed another 10 to 15 years to better connect with changing audiences, but some say the Mr. Delicious commercials finally did the company in. Just three months after Mr. Delicious was launched into the world, Rax would declare bankruptcy. Like other big companies and episodes I've covered on this show, including Toys R Us and Kmart, you can't pinpoint their demise on one thing. There's usually a combination of factors involved with their failings. Was Mr. Delicious the sole reason that Rax went bankrupt? No, but he sure didn't help. The fast food landscape was incredibly competitive in the 80s. Not that it isn't now, but it really felt like McDonald's, Burger King, Pizza Hut, and KFC ruled the roost. These four places would keep you covered for whatever you were craving, and the entire family could find something they liked. With Racks, they tried to take a bit of everything so they could be the one-stop shop. But if you wanted great fried chicken, you were probably going to stick with what you knew, KFC. The truth is, Racks was really ahead of their time. They were doing things like offering healthier options, and no one else was doing a salad bar. The closest you could get to salad at other places was the wilted piece of lettuce you would find on your burger. We are more health conscious now than we were in the 70s and 80s, but presenting healthier options was a smart move. Back then, some people still wanted a fast, cheap, but healthy choice. 
Today, pretty much all fast food locations have healthier options. They may not have a salad bar, but they are more likely to offer salads and vegan and gluten-free options. I once saw a kale salad at McDonald's. I feel that would have made Ray Kroc roll over in his grave. Or Dick and Mac McDonald, if you know your McDonald's history. Today, even Taco Bell has some healthy options, like their veggie bowls. Rax was also ahead of their time in that they switched from animal fat to vegetable oil to make their fries. No one else was doing this, and they were at least making strides to provide the cleanest options possible. Some restaurant insiders said that Rax started to lose customers when the focus was moved from roast beef sandwiches to the salad bar and other food options. Again, better to do one thing well and stick with it. They went overboard with the items, which caused them to lose their identity. This overabundance of food items can also cause havoc on kitchens and inventory supplies. What if no one orders the tortilla bowls for months? What if one week everyone wants the chicken sandwiches? This model was just too hard to sustain. By the early 90s, things had spiraled so out of control that not even Mr. Delicious could save them. When you go into a Wendy's today, remember that what you're seeing is what Rax was trying to become. Other fast food companies also seem to have borrowed from Racks, but it's most identifiable in Wendy's. The pioneers of businesses don't often get the credit they deserve. They are the ones who go down the limb, fail, and then see other companies come in and just refine their original idea. This is really what the essence of Apple is. They didn't create a lot of original stuff and just found better ways to do existing ideas. Racks' influence in the fast food landscape, though, remains to this day. But the company isn't totally gone. As of right now, there appears to be five remaining Racks restaurants. Their website shows eight, but when you look on Google Maps, you see three in Ohio, one in Illinois, and one in Kentucky. The story of Racks Fast Food remains an interesting look at the state of fast food in the 1980s. It's also a look at marketing, customer experience, customer expectations. It's also a look at one of the craziest marketing campaigns ever. And who knows, if Racks had caught on better in the 70s and 80s, you may have seen Mr. Delicious spinning a kid around on skates in a Christmas commercial instead of Ronald McDonald. So let's finish it there. Have you ever eaten at a Racks restaurant? I haven't, and I'm just fascinated with this whole franchise and the whole history and everything to do with Mr. Delicious. And if this is all new to you, please go and look up Mr. Delicious commercials on YouTube. And try to remember this was real and this was a serious marketing campaign that took place. But I'll finish it there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me in these looks back into some of these crazy topics from the 1980s that we all love. And if you are interested and if you're in a position to do so, you can consider sponsoring me and the show over at patreon.com. So that's the platform for where as little as a few bucks a month, you can support small independent podcasts like this. But the difference is you get audio rewards and there are various tiers. And with each tier comes different audio rewards. So with the Boba Fett, tier that gives you access to the everything 80s movie review podcast where i review the good the bad and the ugly of 1980s movies if you're interested in seeing everything that goes on over there you can head to patreon.com slash 80s so it's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash 80s or wherever you're listening to this on in the show notes description there should be a link that'll take you right there okay that's it for me thank you for listening i'll be back soon with a new episode don't you dare miss it